sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Another beautiful morning on a Tuesday. On the 20th of 2022. Actually, it's the 25th, which means there's only 11 months left until Christmas. That's nice. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad I know the date today. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. D. That is, that is too funny. Just your, yeah. your, your, your comment about my saying it's 11 months till. That's nice. Yep. I blew that one. <laughs> All right. So anyway, in the house today, we've got Ed Langlaw, Sierra Boatwright. Don Sanders, Dr. Amy Salzman, my Huckleberry Finn, Dominique Hackett, our producer, Richard Dugan. And it's just been a wonderful week. This last week has been just a really great week. It's a turnaround week. Uh, We might get into that a little bit, you know, setting intentions and making a plan, whether it be a meal plan or just setting boundaries. We got a lot to talk about today. We got Dr. Amy Salzman's going to be continuing her piece. Of course, we've got Ed Langlow. He's got a section today. Dominique Hackett's going to be doing some hygge. So let's start off. We always like the hygge, right? You want to start off the hygge? Let's start the show with hygge. Why not? Isn't that the sound that the old Model A's and Model T's used to make? A hygge. The, the horn. Yeah, the horn. Yeah. Hygge horn. So when we talk about who guy, uh, this is Dominique Hackett with Santa Barbara Wellness Center and uh, uh, Braille for those who want to learn who are visually impaired. Um, so when we talk about Huga, we're really talking about that cozy, comfortable feeling. When you close your eyes and you think about sitting with a friend in front of a warm fireplace with a cup of hot chocolate in your hand, that sensation in, in the pit of your belly of, oh, cozy comfort. That's what kind of what we're talking about when we talk about huga, and um, one of the fun things to think about is creating that cozy, comfortable space, but then also bringing it out into the world and bringing it into your life. So, in looking at uh, new intentions for 2022, I was thinking about ways that my inner self, my inner knowing, that comfortable smart part of me how does that part of me communicate to me and so i found this great list of ways that um, some people say your soul communicates to you your higher self communicates to you that that wise part of you so uh, the first way is we talk about gut feelings so we may be you know doing something in the day and we've got to make a decision and we feel something that literally comes from our our gut that's where the sensation is a knowingness about the choices that we need to make. So that's one way. Another way of looking at things is serendipity, where amazing connections are made and we meet the right people at the right time and we create these wonderful, safe learning environments and, um, and everything goes really well. And, and so you call it serendipity. It's just amazing how it all works out. Another way to look at how our souls connect, uh, how we connect with our soul is synchronicity. Um, I spent a whole year noting the synchronicities in my life. That's where magical things pop up right at the right time. And, and, or maybe you're going through your day and you notice when the clock says 11-11 or uh, it's 2-22 and you see multiple numbers together. But there's interesting, when you're looking for synchronicities, 
you find many synchronicities. Dominique, may I ask you a quick question? Yeah. What is the significant difference between serendipity and synchronicity? So serendipity is more like that um, magical, uh, happy quality where something happens and, and it's a happy, magical moment. Whereas synchronicity, it may be like, uh, for example, um, you have a wound and you end up with just the right doctor to help you heal the wound that you have. So, um, so that may not, you may be working on something that's difficult and not necessarily happy, um, but the synchronicity is that beautiful working out of the universe in your best interest. Whereas serendipity, I seem to think of serendipity as uh, a magical, happy quality. Maybe uh, other people have other ideas. Yeah, I actually, um, this is bringing to mind the work that I did with the Shared Crossing Project and William Peters. And that's been a, if uh, people have been paying attention, he just put out a book about um, shared death experiences and all of the research that he has done around that. But synchronicity is one of the things that he talks about. And, and I would add to everything that you said, which is totally spot on as far as I'm concerned, but synchronicities are like a discernible pattern. And, it's, and, and in the context of the shared crossing work, um, you know, he would he would say like uh, there would be, you know, key words or a bird or a, um, a sound or a smell that would have a pattern of appearing at uh, significant times in like connection with a person who has recently passed. So whereas serendipity to me sounds a little bit more like happy random synchronicity can be positive or negative but the the discerning factor there for me is a, a distinct pattern it's all that it, it, it can almost become reliable mm. oh i mm. expect to see such and such around my dad's death anniversary for example mm. i love it we have a a synchronicity with a friend who passed with butterflies mm -hmm. and quite frequently when we talk about her a butterfly will appear yep. <laughs> like every single time. Yep. I don't want to say it now because I don't want to watch a butterfly or a moth or something fly <laughs> in the room. So we won't, we won't talk about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, um, the, uh, there's a whole wonderful list of ways that our soul communicates with us. Um, I'll just end it with a, the last one. Um, let's see. How about... Um, animals that get attracted to you. Right. So this is very interesting where, um, it, you know, you're connecting to your deepest inner soul, but maybe when you come out in the morning, there's a particular bird that is in a tree or a bird bath and is singing a song, especially early in the morning. Oh, I so recommend coming out right when the sun is coming up. It is absolutely magical. The birds sing with joy and there's this connection to nature. Or maybe you're having some deep feelings and your dog comes up and, and rubs against your leg or your cat sits and gives you that knowing, you know, look in your eye. So connecting to nature is also ways that our deepest soul is connect is helping us be connected to the whole universe. Mm -hmm. I have that with horses. Did I always tell you that? I would walk into a barn or a stall. And it's so funny because I had no idea that it, this was a good thing because not in afraid of horses, but I'm kind of intimidated by them. And, you know, my dad had horses and all that. I didn't know my kids got to experience all that, but 
Um, I've had them come up on me and nibble me and like freaking chase me and stuff. And I always thought because they didn't like me, but actually they do like me. And there's so many times that I used to go in the barn in the morning and all of his horses used to stick their little heads out and look at me. <laughs> this is like and ran same thing and like you could be a horse whisperer i know i didn't know them i thought they didn't like me but the facts is that means that they love you so it was funny because like even you know giving a horse an apple i'd kind of like i'll do it but i, I can't look you know because i don't because <laughs> i got this big head like you know munching down on your hand so yeah not very comfortable but yeah it was kind of trippy i i get that i i knew i noticed that my youngest um my oldest actually joe i stole him in the backyard i look back there i have videos of it you'd see families like raccoons possums <laughs> i thought it was saint francis birds flying down and everything i swear i said when he was a little kid you're gonna be a vet i just know you're gonna be a veterinarian i mean it's whatever because he just attracts animals any animal loves him so there's a really wonderful connection between us and nature and uh, just to end. So if you don't understand what Huga is, think about sitting with a friend in front of a warm fire, sipping some hot cocoa or your favorite warm beverage. And that sensation of cozy and comfort, that's that beautiful sensation that we want to share with friends, family and increases health, increases wellness, increases our ability to learn. And that's what we're promoting, especially with everything going on right now with our teen athletes to find that comfy, safe space. It's very, very important today. Mm -hmm. You know, very, very important. So let's take a little break. Um, uh, I want to go to Dr. Amy Salzman and shift a little bit. All right. And we'll get to her and some information right after these messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salter, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Good morning. This is Dr. Amy Saltzman. Happy to be with my teen sports radio family. And you can find me at stillquietplace.com. And this morning, we're continuing our discussion of how to spot a sneaky spider or how to spot someone who is what we call covertly, so not obvious, hence the name sneaky, uh, covertly emotionally abusive. So just to review, the last two times we've talked about sneaky spiders often tend to, the first thing they do is make you feel special and they're super, super charming. So they try to make you and maybe even your parents feel safe and trust them. And then if you express at any time any doubt or concern or worry or you think something's off, then they often get less charming and they start to be mean and they start to try and scare you or intimidate you or bully you into being nice again. And then last week, we talked about how sneaky spiders separate people, because if you see some threads and some patterns and your friends see some threads and some patterns, and maybe your parents see a couple threads and patterns, they don't want you talking to each other because together everyone will see the whole web 
And then people will know for sure that they're a spider and they won't be able to trap people anymore. So this week, we're going to talk about the third pattern that they use. And the third pattern is um, saying, usually they'll say they're great. They'll tell you they're a great coach and that the things that are do- they're doing that are kind of creepy are what all great coaches do with all their best athletes. And then if they're super, super sneaky, the next day they will say, uh, well, I would, I would never, I would never say I'm great. You know, other people might say I'm great, but I, you know, I'm so humble. I would never say I'm great. And then if they're super, super sneaky, they'll trick you into telling other people how great they are. So they'll say something like, well, you don't need to tell anyone I'm great. But your friend, your teammate told five other people how great I am. And now those five people are training with me. And so, uh, you know, you don't need to tell anyone. But like, and so they're, they're using you and tricking you um, not only into staying with them and not trusting your wise self that knows that something's off, but they're actually using you kind of to recruit other people um, into their gym or their swim program or their baseball program uh, so that they have more people to trap in their web. So that's today's pattern. That's the simplest pattern is, you know, saying they're great and pretending that they are humble all at the same time. Mm, That's awesome. It's, it's so (laughs) subtle. How do you explain the distance between direct and subtle when you're talking to your, your athletes, the student athletes? Yeah, well, this is, this is part of why I'm, I'm doing this series. And um, for those listeners who have eight to 13 year olds, I have a whole script um, that I'm making an animated movie out of. And if you have an eight to 13 year old in your household, I would love to read the script to them and get feedback before I send it to the animator. That would be super, super helpful to me. But the idea of this script, which I'm kind of giving you a piece at a time, is to really, you know how when you're outside in a garden and maybe after the rain and you're walking around and all of a sudden you turn and you see a spider's web like and you see the whole thing completely the intention of this video is to help people see it and go like oh there's a spider web i don't want to walk there and so i'm trying to describe these patterns and these threads super clearly so that when for example i read my script last week to a mom and her two young girls and um they had had a piano teacher because sneaky spiders aren't just athletic coaches they can be school teachers or piano teachers or religious leaders or maybe even family friends or maybe even family members but they had had a piano the mom had had a history of being abused as a child. And I think that's part of why she volunteered her kids to listen to the reading because she wanted to make sure her kids were safe. And then the one of the girls had had a piano teacher and he put his hand on her thigh. And then he said to the mom some point, like when she's paying him for the lesson, he said, 
oh, you know, I just want to be here for your daughter and she can talk to me about anything, even about sex. And the mom was like, pardon me. And they determined on their own before they had talked to me that this guy was a sneaky spider. And they were like, thank you. I think we'll be finding another piano teacher. And the, the fascinating thing was that the mom told me she's a single mom and that the guy was targeting families with single moms to give kids um, their piano lessons too. Cause there wasn't like, not that women can't do this, but the guy hadn't understood that like he, he was more likely to get away with things because there wasn't a male protector in the house, but right. Like these girls and this family, the mom already had her radar up her spider radar up. Um, and, uh, you know, they caught it early, but, you know, the guy was trying to build trust um, so that he could be more spidery. What he doesn't realize is because she's been a victim of it as a child and she still has all that in her. I don't get how much money you spend in therapy, because if, if the boundaries get crossed, because, you know, you always got to keep learning, 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 because if she's not healed from it. I mean, it could resurrect again. That's just kind of how life is, right? Because it's all about learning. But what he doesn't realize is he's gone. Is <laughs> she going to get him back? Because I mean, honestly, it's part of my mom. My mom, I mean, we let's, let's put it like this. After my mom found out, in my particular case, I mean, we left for Germany. Okay, we were gone for a couple of months after the after the whooping that my mom put on this boy. (laughs) Well, what you're speaking to is you're trying to prevent abuse from happening. That's what you're teaching is. So, so let me just say where my motivation comes from. First is realizing really recently that I was the victim of a very, very long-term sneaky spider. So think like the shrink next door. It was, 31 years. That's awesome. And two, looking at things like the gymnast being abused and the NWSL soccer players being abused. And yesterday, a big verdict came out in Michigan um, for the football players. So, you know, this can happen to girls, boys, men, women. And my thing is like, poor Simone Biles or Ali Raisman testifying in the Senate at that's, you know, that's way too late. We need to move way, way upstream and teach kids how to recognize these signs um, as early as possible. So they can come home and say, mom, you know, my coach, my coach is super confusing. And one day he says, I can be awesome. And the next day he says, I'm a hopeless loser. And, you know, here are the other things that he does. And I think my coach might be a spider. I mean, we, we teach our kids how to safely cross the street. We have to be able to teach our kids how to safely have relationships. How do you relate and what is safe? And we need to respect when we feel uncomfortable. I mean, we all recognize bullying is not an okay thing to have go on. But now we're recognizing, oh, there's a subtlety to interactions, especially between younger and older. Um, There can be almost like a authority power play thing that we have to teach our kids to recognize. Yeah. And that, and that is so, that is the very difficult place that our young people are in because we live in a culture that 
in general, you know, expects children or people of lesser stature to obey, follow the rules, uh, go along with those in authority over them, right? And so back to your Huga piece and about coming back into the home and the safe space of ourselves, you know, when our kids are given a lifestyle where they are allowed to have downtime, where they are allowed to experience their, uh, their world, not just in what they think about it, but also how it feels in their body and that gut knowing that you were talking about, that's, that's the beginning, right? Like, are they, do they feel and do they have time to come home and be safe in their own body and to have the kind of relationships with some adult in their life um, who they can process that with so that when uh, these sneaky spiders are on the scene, those, those spidey senses that they're attuned to them from within themselves and that then from there they can, you know, turn to those trusted adults, start making those patterns. I love your image, Amy, of like how you're already out there in the garden. You're already doing your thing. You walked through an area before, but then you turn and the light caught that spider web in just such a way that now you can see the whole pattern. Like that, that is a really great analogy for what it's like when you have that aha moment and you're like, oh no, this is not what I thought it was. Well, the conversation with the, with the piano teacher, the mother and the daughter is just like, how did you, how did the daughter feel when her teacher put um, her, his hand on her thigh? So Uninvited. Yes, exactly. Right. And it's interesting since Richard's gone and he hasn't cut us off yet. We'll cut ourselves off in a minute. But um, it's interesting because one of the things that sneaky spiders do is they are super, super charming. And when they when they see you tense up or when they see you start to think that you're a spider, they'll say, oh, you can trust me or this is totally normal or there's no reason to be afraid or it's all good. And they get you to doubt your, what I call in the video, your wise self, that part that's like, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I did it, I did it for 30 years. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a <laughs> wow right there. Speak to a, yeah. a long period of yeah. Uh, abuse. Yeah. An, yeah. Abusive relationships. All right. Let's, end, let's end it there. I want to, I want to expand on a little bit more on the next section and then we're going to get to Richard and Ed Langlow after these messages. Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome. Um, if you're tuning in on 96.9 FM, thank you. Uh, this is this is exciting. We're also on AM 1290. Um, we, we're talking about, if you just tuned in, we're talking about uh, detecting a spider. And we're blessed to have Dr. Amy Salzman She's in the, um, at the end of her uh, writing and going to be uh, publishing an animated book to help our teen athletes, kids, just in the whole detection thereof. So as a person who's experienced 
th predators, spiders like this, sneaky ones, very sneaky ones over the last um, plus 20 years. Um, I want to give it back to Amy and, um, you know, let's again, let's just get back to the whole conversation piece, which is the essence, the the connection that a parent has to have with the kids doing the check ins, making sure a lot of times kids, when they're bothered by something, they do have mood swings. And maybe we need to tap in on that. They get quiet or they don't want to eat. They might do something like that. Um, there'd be a red flag. Dr. Amy. Yeah, well, and I think one of the things is just noticing, like, if you're if your kid who loved a, a sport or an activity um, suddenly doesn't want to go or is resistant or is having stomach aches or headaches or and they're not quite. Because it's so hard. To articulate this, that. Um, I, this is why I'm making the video. It's like to give kids and families the language to talk about, uh, you know, is this happening? If I, if I explain this pattern to you, is that something that you're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, he, he did give me treats and he did offer me a ride home and he said he'll give me extra help and, uh, you know, and then when I said, you know, I really need to go, I don't feel comfortable with that. Then he got offended and mad or he got and I want to make sure I'm saying he just for simplicity, but it can be he or she, you know, then she got really mad or then she got really, really nice. Oh, come on. You, you know, I don't want you to have to stand out in the cold and walk home by yourself. So I'll just take you or whatever it is. Um, so having people have some language around it and be able to talk about it, I think is, is really helpful. You know, I didn't like when they made the big shift because I've coached for 28 years and it wasn't until about probably seven, eight years ago where it, it, it was not allowed anymore to take kids in the car unless they were your own. But before that, back in the eighties, nineties, 2000, I mean, I took everybody home. I mean, I had a big car and everybody jumped in the car and I was pretty much at the end of the day because it wasn't um, a setup. This is 100% volunteer on my part, but it was daycare, really, really what it was. And what am I doing? A free daycare. So five days a week, all the kids jump in the car and around and around we go. And that really was a gigantic adjustment um, for a lot of people because there's parents out there like they can't get to pick up their kids right. or take them back. There's no school buses. So that was a big right, and maybe it, maybe it's just something as simple as then the last two kids you drop them both together at the right. second to last house that's close, so that the coach is not in the car with one right. child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, just gotta, you know, like there there can be compromises, and I also yeah. want to be super super clear that the majority of people out there serving youth are awesome. Exactly, yes. we awesome. know that. And the point is to make sure that youth know how to tell the difference between an awesome coach and a spider coach, because 95% of folks out there serving youth are doing it as you were, Erica, out of love and service and joy and enjoyment of the sport or of the activity and we don't want to diminish that. We just want 
people to be able to tell the difference. And I always say this, remember this, because I've heard some stories over the last 40 years, kids don't lie. Okay. So they can't be dreaming this up. See, so. No, and I mean, honestly, grownups don't lie. Like, I don't want to be sitting here talking about my abuse. Like, right. no one, I, you know, it, the, the number of people who make up a story of abuse is infinitesimally small. Like, why, why bother? Why would you do that? Although I got to say, about 15 years ago, I had a bunch of women over at the house and, you know, we're all sitting this first time I ever done this little wasn't planned, this little groupy thing. But of 11 of us that were there, 10, I just threw it out. 10 of us, because I said, I just I'm really open about it because it helps me clear the air and just say as far as being uh, physically abused, you know, as a child, whatever, 10 people raised their hands out of 11. So that, and it, I was it shocked. Okay. Male, male and women. No, male and yeah. female. Yeah. You know, so well, I mean, this yeah. is part of why I want to do this. I want that number to be. I want it to be zero. Right. But I want it to be much, much smaller than it currently is. Yeah. And yeah. I also want to point out one thing, because people talk about grooming, which is really this sneaky emotional abuse. They talk about it like it leads up to the abuse. But what people don't realize and what the psychological research says is that the sneaky emotional abuse is as harmful or more harmful than overt physical and sexual abuse. Um, And so this thing that we call grooming is harmful in and of itself because it's damaging the person's trust and faith in themselves. I mean, it's damaging their spirit, their heart, their soul, um, you know, well, whether anything you forever else happens have, afterwards. Yeah. yeah, well, you're forever petrified. I mean, I'll tell you that you're, 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 put, you're put in a state of fear because a huge boundary was crossed. Don, you're not saying anything. And I know you have something profound to say. I mean, you're a lifelong athlete. Uh, I don't know if you've had any experiences or knew of something or someone, something. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking in terms of, you know, a, a term called discernment, you know, and another thing is um, Gabor Mate, who was, uh, you know, has worked extensively in counseling and with drug addicts and things like that. You know, he talks about the first thing we should be able to trust as a young kid is when something doesn't feel right in our gut. And if you've been subjected to a lot of stress and trauma, either at home or you know, bullies on the way to school or things like that, then sometimes your, your wiring to trust your own instincts is messed up and you can't, you, you know, you, you can't get yourself out of a situation. And sometimes, you know, the first time you experience something, you know, I had a really weird experience one time as a kid riding my bike downtown uh, Palo Alto and a guy asked me if he could take my picture and, and, you know, I'm standing there doing it for him and he comes in close and he starts wanting to stick his fingers up my nose, you know, and I had never encountered anything like that. And I almost, I almost tripped over my bike backing up and getting the heck out of there. You know what I mean? Like, and so then, you know, uh, hopefully we, we trust ourselves and, and uh, you know, can listen to that inner voice that says, I don't feel good about this. I think it's, I think I better get out of here or I better not do this or talk to somebody. Don't just sit with it. Well, well said. 
Well said. We're going to round this out. We're going to have more for next week with Dr. Amy Salsman. Right after these messages, we have Ed Langlow, and if only I'd known. Well, now together we will stand every boy, girl, woman, and a man. Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salter, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. All right, in the house, Ed Langlow. And if only I'd known. Good morning again. I'm Ed Langlow with another edition of If Only I'd Known. If Only I'd Known is a mentor's moment with the teens with us remotely today, as well as those listening into the show on the radio. The title of today's program is Artificial Intelligence Acknowledges That Learning Is Just Remembering. If you feel overwhelmed in school because you don't see how you're ever going to learn all the material that's being presented to you, or if you just feel daunted about the learning process, you might find some comfort in that saying, learning is just remembering. All you have to do is remember what you've been exposed to and you've learned it. This is where mnemonics might help you out. And I've talked about mnemonics in past segments. A mnemonic is a poem or a phrase that helps you recall whatever it is that you're trying to remember. So what's all this have to do with AI? We hear a lot about artificial intelligence lately, but actually uh, it began back in the 1950s with uh, Alan Turing at Dartmouth. And this article that I was reading about AI also talked about a thing called deep learning technique developed in the 1980s. Deep learning techniques allow computers to learn through experience. So uh, a computer learns when its software is able to predict and react to scenarios based on remembering previous outcomes. So deep learning comes from the computer remembering its own actions in the past. But let's say you have trouble remembering things you read. You might learn audibly by hearing the information rather than reading it or kinesthetically by hands-on involvement with the subject rather than listening to a lecture. However you learn, focus on that learning method that works for you and remember what you've studied. and get in the habit of using mnemonics or whatever helps you remember. I had an experience just a couple of weeks ago. I was trying to remember how to say the word chain in Spanish. And I learned that word when I was working on a cabin up at Lake Nacimento. I had a laborer working for me who didn't speak much English and I didn't speak a lot of Spanish. So here we were camped out in the middle of nowhere for three days and we didn't speak the same language. So I would ask him how to say things. How do you say this word and that word? And we had a flat tire on the truck on the way up there. And so 
asked him, how do you say this in Spanish? And he said, llanta punchada. A llanta is a tire and punchada would be punctured tire. So we, we get up there and we're, when we start working and I wanted him to get a chain out of the a storage shed that I had there, but I didn't know how to say it. So we walked over there and I said, what do you call this, this chain? And he said, it's a, a, a cadena. And I said, what do you call this storage shed? He said, it's a bodega. So now I have several words I need to try and remember. So I thought maybe I can use a mnemonic. So I made up a simple little sentence where I used all the words. And I said, the flat tire and the chain are in the shed. In Spanish, it was la llanta punchada y la cadena están en la bodega. And I said that phrase over and over again until I could remember the sentence, which wasn't that difficult to remember. And the words were in it. So I, I remembered those words. And that was 35 years ago. <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, I'm trying to remember that word. And I, I, I remember I made up that little sentence back then. It was something about the flat tire. La llanta punchada y la cadena. There it is. Cadena, that's how you say it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> right? so, so the way I see it, it's just like deep learning that supports our artificial intelligence. I was able to remember my action from the past in the same way that the computer learns. So I learned by remembering not the word, but the phrase I made up 35 years ago. Promise you this. If you find the way you learn best, and then the best way that you remember what you've studied, like the computer, you'll retain more knowledge for it. I'm Ed Langlo, and I'll see you next time on If Only I'd Known. Well said, Ed. Thank you. Beautiful. Listen, I want to save room for the last segment. We've got Richard Ellsworth in the house. Let's take another little break. We'll be back with Richard's Remedies after these messages. Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back, everyone. This is Richard Ellsworth with Mountain Sage Healing Arts and the Braille Institute. And while I was trying to come up with a fun topic to talk about, I was realizing that a lot of people that I know are sick and not well. Um, The more I go out and talk to different people, the more people I realize are getting sick. So I thought it might be nice to just take a, a little break from everything else and just start to have a conversation about the immune system. Um, the immune system is your body's first and foremost defense against anything out there, cold, flu, virus, whatever. 
it's it's not it's your your first defense is not all of the, the the things that that you're seeing that are out there that are that are physical barriers like a like a mask to different things it's not necessarily a a vaccine or an over-the-counter medication that you take your body's first defense is always going to be your immune system some of those other things that i just mentioned have an effect on your immune system absolutely but the best thing that you can possibly do to protect yourself or to get over something faster is to shift your focus to your immune system to, to, to go within and ask yourself, what am I doing for my immune system right now? And the fact is, is that every single thing in our body is running off of energy. And all of that energy comes from food, water, oxygen. And we can get more energy so that our immune systems are armed by eating the right things, eating foods that are nutrient dense, right? Eating those foods that are going to have more nutrients to give our body more energy. When it comes to the immune system, there are these things that are, that are we'll call them killer cells. I think that actually is the, the term that they use. And these killer cells will go and attack bacteria and viruses that are coming into our body. Well, those killer cells need energy to be able to defend themselves. Killer cells get their energy from something called butyrate or butyric acid, which is commonly found in root vegetables. So those are your, your, uh, your parsnips, your carrots, your turnips, your beets, your potatoes, your yam slash sweet potatoes. All of those different things are, they, they have insoluble fiber. And that insoluble fiber is not only giving your body butyrate to work off of, but it's also helping everything to move through your system a lot faster. Now, something like carrot and sweet potatoes, they have a lot of beta carotene and vitamin A. So those are also nourishing your spleen. In Chinese medicine, your spleen is the powerhouse for your immune system. So it's another little added support. The immune system, it also does extraordinarily well with rest. It's something that's very regenerative. The more, when you're sick, you want to be conserving that energy so that your body can use all of its available energy to heal itself. So getting appropriate sleep is also important. Um, when it comes to things like supplements, something like vitamin C, I'm sure you've all heard, is really, really great for the immune system. Vitamin C is very rejuvenative for the liver, which is one of the first channels that toxins in our body come into contact with. Um, vitamin C is also something that does work on the spleen. Um, vitamin C is, is really, really incredible, but there's a little problem with vitamin C. And the problem is, is that a lot of people will take very high doses of it, but only a small amount of vitamin C gets absorbed in one very little part of the intestines. So the idea is, is that you want to be using a vitamin C that's highly absorbable. So like a liposomal vitamin C, where it's, where it's the, the vitamin C is actually bonded to a lipid. Vitamin C is traditionally water soluble, but when it's fat soluble, it can penetrate into your cells a little bit more easily because your cells have that, have that fat layer, right? That lipid bilayer. So the vitamin C can permeate into those cells and your cells can use them to create better energy and, and give your immune system the, 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 um, the energy that it needs to function and appropriately fight off bacteria and viruses. The other thing about the immune system that's important to consider is building the immune system. And this is something that we should be doing every day. And we build the immune system through periodic phases of stress. So when we build the immune system through stress, I don't mean mental or emotional stress. That can actually, emotional stress like fear can actually take your immune system and crash it to the ground. But what I mean is short bursts of exercise. So not really long sustained ones, but, but short bursts, kind of like that high intensity interval type of, of, of stuff. What that does is it hits your cells with a bunch of free radicals all at once and your cells say, oh no, I need to become stronger. So they do. The mitochondria in your cells start to, start to produce more energy and your, your cells start to arm themselves a little bit more. 
When your cells become stronger, your immune system also becomes stronger, and it can completely recharge and reset itself. Yes, yes. Uh, I got to say, we got a minute left, but on the real, I got like this little owie, so I've been on antibiotics. And then two days ago, for whatever reason, um, my whole bottom lip like blew up and what? A blister. Blisters, like, but it was, I mean, right? And I was like, oh, dear God, now what else? And I, I did ring out to Richard and he put me on this home. We talked to the pharmacist, we talked to the doctor, blah, 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 blah. So, cause I am into whole, this whole homey, more of a holistic approach to my health. And he put me on a meal plan, blah, blah, blah. But he did give me a remedy. A remedy. I put it under my tongue. No kidding you. The next morning. And you should have seen how big these things were gone. Now I'm not making any medical claims here. Okay. (laughs) But for me, Richard, thank you. Because, you know, I was matching the body parts. You know what I mean? There's a big blisters here, you know, other places, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So I didn't want to go to the wound care center again for my lips now. You follow what I'm saying? The patent is pending on that medication, by the way. Yeah. You know, Erica, there's a theme that I'm hearing running through the show. And I love it because, you know, we come to the show each month and, and, you know, we don't know what each other's bringing, right? But I'm hearing this theme of, you know, whether it's trying to live a cozy, connected life, whether you're trying to spot a sneaky spider and trying to hone that inner discernment, whether you're trying to build your immune system and keep safe during these COVID times, whether you're trying to, you know, be the best student you can be in addition to all your athletics, rest and sleep is the is a theme that runs through all of those things. So be cozy getting your sleep. Know that your sleep is enhancing your learning, your remembering, your immune system, and your connection to yourself. So thank you, everyone. Sierra Boatwright here. Really grateful to be with all of you. Sierra Boatwright. Yeah, I think the other theme that we're talking about is really honoring, honoring your inner wisdom, listening to your body, listening to your feelings, and really, really trusting the, you know, what your wisdom is telling you all right santa barbara we gotta go check us out next week hug it out god bless see you next week